figuring out why you're pursuing music is really, really the key step. And then asking yourself, well, do I believe that I can actually get there? And once you can answer those questions and start strengthening that own self-belief, the money will be a non-issue. Welcome to the Being in a Band podcast. I'm your host, Monica Strutt, and I'll be your new band bestie as we deep dive into all things music marketing, PR and strategy, as well as the mindset it takes to succeed in today's modern music industry. I know the highs and lows of being a musician, and I've seen far too many of my talented peers give up on their dreams far too early in their careers. After working for years, both as a musician and professional digital marketer specializing in the music industry, I now help emerging bands break through the glass ceiling and reach the next level in their careers. Let's do this. What's up, legend, and welcome back to the Being in a Band podcast. Today in this episode, I'm bringing to you an excerpt from one of my recent live trainings that I did in my free Facebook group, Music Marketing and Mindset for Heavy Bands and Musicians. If you're not a member of this group and you do like this episode, I would definitely recommend that you go join because once you do join, you'll see in the units section, I have a bunch more free trainings on a bunch of different topics from PR to marketing to dealing with band policy politics to mindset stuff, which is much like this episode. In this training, I addressed some of the most common roadblocks that musicians face when they're trying to reach the next level in their career. So these are things such as feeling too old for the music industry, feeling like you don't make any money in the music industry, to, you know, band members that aren't committed, feeling like these social media algorithms are against you, and feeling like the market is just simply too oversaturated these days. In this training, I address every single common obstacle that a lot of musicians face, and then I go ahead and debunk and explain why they're all bullshit. These quote-unquote roadblocks are actually none other than a mindset issue. So once you work on your mindset, which I'm going to explain how to do in this episode, you'll find that these roadblocks and these obstacles simply disappear into the ether. I think this is one of the best live trainings that I've ever done, to be frank, so I hope that you enjoy it. I get extremely real in this episode. In fact, there is a literal mic drop moment that you'll hear not too far into the episode where I actually do drop my microphone. And it was after a very dramatic point that I was making. So I do hope that you enjoy the audio from this live training. If you do come, let me know in the Facebook group, it's music marketing and mindset for heavy bands and musicians. I've linked it down below, or you can let me know on Instagram. I'm just at Monica Strutt. In fact, you can let me know on Twitter, TikTok, wherever you hang out these days. I'm pretty much on all social media platforms. Enjoy the training and remember that often our biggest obstacle in achieving what we want out of our music career is our own mindset. I had this sporadic urge to go live today because, um, well, first up, I woke up with a bit of a cold. So I was thinking to myself, I ain't doing nothing today. I'm going to work from my bed. Uh, We've got Wade. Are you keeping sane down there at least? Yeah, I'm keeping sane. It really, really helps to uh, have this group and talk to you guys. So, um, you know, that's at least one benefit of uh, doing what I do, I guess. Jake says from cold Vic. Oh, hello. Uh, Yeah, it is quite icy today. 
Um, but that tangent aside, I, yeah, I woke up this morning, I was feeling a little under the weather and I watched this kind of inspirational IGTV, which I actually reshared on my stories. And basically the woman was doing, you know, a motivational speech and it went for like a minute. It's really, really short if you want to go check it out after this. And basically the whole crux of what she was saying is when you have like the burning desire to do something, the way to get on that path to achieving that goal is simply to decide. And I thought that that was so powerful. And honestly, that has been one of my philosophies for many, many years. I've been in the music industry for 15 years since I was a teenager. Um, I've been playing in bands, you know, that whole time. And I was doing music even before that, but I mean, seriously. And the reason why I am still in the game is simply because I made a decision. This is what I was going to do with my life. And I highly recommend that you go and watch the video, as I said, but that's really what it comes down to. And in the group this morning, I had a question scheduled in uh, asking people what some of their major obstacles were in terms of pursuing their music career. And every, like, you know, there's always going to be obstacles coming up in any sort of career that you choose, but I feel like the music industry, it's very, very easy to get jaded. It obviously is a very hard industry. I totally understand that. And looking at the obstacles that people were commenting, they're really, really common. And in fact, I did a free workshop last week with one of my friends, Katie Zaccardi, who's a, uh, she's a music coach as well, but she is a, um, like a wellness. She comes at it from a very like wellness, holistic perspective, talks about how to avoid burnout, that sort of thing. And some of these like obstacles or limiting beliefs that we have were coming up in that workshop as well. So, um, I felt like I really, really need to go live and talk about this. So um, once again, if you're here, I would love for you to say hello um, and let me know where you're from. Before we get started, I will just let you guys know that I'm now taking bookings for August for band consulting. So if your band is releasing a new single EP or album in the next six months or so, then um, I would love to work with you on creating a killer release and marketing plan and being with you each and every step of the way to make sure that that release is a success. I will tell you, um, I'm only going to open two spots because at the end of August, I'm actually going to be raising my prices. So I'm raising my prices for a number of reasons. First off, I give a lot of value to the bands that I work with. And I think that quite frankly, I'm undercharging. Um, secondly, I'm really, really at a stage of my business where I want to attract bands to work with me. I want to work with bands that have skin in the game, that are really, really fucking serious about what they're doing and they're willing to put in the work. And sometimes when you price yourself too low, um, that can kind of not draw in the right people. Not that that's ever happened to me, but what I'm trying to say is I'm playing at a higher level. I want to attract clients that are at that higher level and that are really, really fucking serious about making it in music. And that is just going to be the most fun for me to work with. And we're going to have the best results. So, but in saying that, as I said, I'm not raising my prices to the end of August. So I have two spots available for bands. If you book in with me, um, you know, to start working with me in August, you will get it at the current pricing. But as of uh, the end of August, my pricing will be going up. So if you've wanted to work with me, get in now before those prices go up is what I'm trying to say. And um, what usually happens is if you're interested, what we'll do is we'll jump on a Zoom call with me and your band. We'll have a chat. We'll see if we're right to work together, that sort of thing. And um, 
then we can go from there. So Helen says, hi, Monica. I'm a vocalist in a band called Fractal Sun. Hi, Helen. Greetings from Costa Rica. Woo. I'm really looking forward to learning from you. I'm so glad that you're here. Awesome. So thinking about some of the limiting beliefs and these obstacles, and the reason why I'm calling them limit, limiting beliefs is really we're living in a world where anything is an obstacle if you believe it is. And there are always ways around it. There's always many ways to skin a cat. So I am someone who truly doesn't believe that there is such thing as actual obstacles. It's kind of one of those things where it's all in our head. And the way that we get past them is by changing our mindset around them and overcoming them. The trick is do you want to overcome them, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. So I'm going to dive into some of the most common obstacles that I hear bands uh, bringing up whenever they're feeling kind of stuck in their music career. And I want to start with maybe one that maybe I'll start with a couple that I have faced in the past because I'm certainly not immune to this, of course. So one of the biggest obstacles that I you know, have faced for me personally in my music career is first of all, money. You know, we've all been brought up in a world where we're constantly told musicians don't make money. There's no money in music. Uh, when streaming became the prominent way of people consuming music, you know, obviously a lot of musicians had a, um, oops, sorry, I'm getting a call. Um, then that kind of changed the dynamic of things again. And we weren't getting money from record sales. The whole, um, the whole industry changed really like the way that record labels did business was completely different. You know, 360 deals started coming up. Um, I think they're phasing 360 deals out now, but basically, um, uh, the whole, uh, what, what do I want to say? The whole like model of the way that people within the music industry made money completely got turned on its head. So this whole money thing within the music industry was, is one of like the most common blocks. And I've also been in bands where not everyone has pitched in equally for any payments that they need to make. Um, I've certainly experienced, you know, doing a whole East coast tour of Australia, for example, and, uh, playing to no one and losing a whole bunch of money. You know, the van costs alone to hire that was, um, you know, way, way more than what, we were ever going to make on any of the shows. So I've definitely been in a lot of situations where, you know, and as someone that always has worked full time as well, you keep kind of pouring and pouring your money into this project and you're not really seeing the benefits and the reward. And there are so many reasons for that. Um, but ultimately it comes down to what I'm about to say next. So if you're someone who believes that there's no money in the music industry, this is a whole, whole topic and I should do a whole masterclass on this, but the way that I've been able to overcome it is really, really knowing my why. Why are you doing music? And I would love for you guys to comment in the comments, why are you doing music? Why are you pursuing music? Is it to help people? For me, it's to help people through like my lyrics, which I speak about a lot. Uh, is it because you want to travel the world? Is it because you don't want to be under the, uh, under the thumb of an employer and you just want to live life on your own terms? I would love to know in the comments, some of the, um, yeah, some of the reasons why you guys are pursuing music, because that is really, really going to help you, especially when it comes to money. And the reason is if you have a strong enough why for why you're pursuing music, the money doesn't really matter. Everything that you do in your band in the early stages is an investment and it's an investment in yourself and your art. Hey, Jesse, 
Um, so until we get to this point where your band is big enough to start to break even and then make a profit, which can actually happen a lot sooner than what you would think, every like dollar that you put into your band is essentially an investment. So it's very, very easy to get jaded and to feel uh, resentful towards that. If number one, you don't know why you want to pursue music, you don't have a higher purpose, a higher goal, you know, an impact that you want to leave on the world and the self-belief. So that's the second reason. Um, if you truly, truly don't believe within yourself that you have the power to succeed in music, of course, you're going to be fucking resentful. Of course, you're going to be fucking jaded. But if you know deep down that you have a, um, you know, a higher purpose, which, you know, comes back to that why again, then ultimately that shit doesn't matter. In fact, I'm at a point now where every investment that I make into my own band, not only my band, but my business as well, I, it actually makes me feel really, really good. It makes me feel really good because I feel like, um, and to get like quite like, you know, esoteric, I feel like my soul's, like my soul's calling is being acknowledged and validated. When I invest in myself, you know, last week, for example, I invested $800 in a new course that I wanted to do, which is going to help me with my business and also help me when I'm teaching bands. And a couple of years ago, that would have been the scariest fucking investment that I've ever made. But because I've been working on my money mindset and because I believe so strongly in what I'm doing for bands and why I'm doing music, because I believe in that so strongly, that doesn't matter. I know I'm going to make that money back later on anyway. And what happens is each and every time I invest in something like my business, I get a new client. I get, you know, a couple of new course sales. That money comes back to me, you know, twofold, tenfold sometimes. So investing in yourself, if you can learn to kind of switch your mindset around that you are validating what you feel you were born to do then that is going to change the entire game. So Jake says all of the above hundred percent and I can't get away from music. It's in my blood. Absolutely. I feel like when you're on a level where you're serious about your art, you know, I, I'm sure many of us have questioned many, many times, is this path for us? It's fucking hard. But the reason why we can't stop is because it's in our blood. It's what we were born to do. And quite frankly, like I cannot even imagine a world where I'm not pursuing what I'm pursuing today. Helen says, because it's my main passion, but also it's amazing to be able to connect with people through music. Yes, connection, connecting with other people. And we're living in this brilliant time now where we can connect with people all over the world. In fact, I have two clients from Texas right now. I don't know why I have two when I have, um, you know, a bunch of other followers in Texas that I speak to regularly. And I'm like, wow, there's something in the water in Texas. I feel like I need to go back there. Um, I'm so, so, so keen to go back to the States and do another road trip. I was there two years ago and oh my God, I feel like everyone's going to have major travel bug um, when this all lifts. But figuring out why you're pursuing music is really, really the key step. And then asking yourself, well, do I believe that I can actually get there? And once you can answer those questions and start strengthening that own self-belief, the money will be a non-issue. Some really practical suggestions now is everyone in your band pitching in equally to fund the band. Because I've been in projects, as I said, where not everyone is pitched in equally and the main burden has fallen on my shoulders and maybe like one or two other people's shoulders. And 
if not everyone is invested equally in the band, figuratively and literally, then not everyone is going to show up in the same way as those people that are invested. And that's, again, you know, going back to what I was saying at the beginning, I'm raising my prices in my business of bands that want to work with me privately because I'm ready to draw in those bands who are fucking ready to invest in themselves because ultimately that's how we're going to have the best results. Jessie says that's one fun aspect about getting the band social media network, getting to work with people around the world. Yeah, fully. And I know that you do that in your business as well. So there's so many opportunities available to us now because of the internet. Um, it's really nothing new. The internet's been around for a while. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that is that. So that's money. The second biggest limiting belief that I see bands come across, especially women, unfortunately, and this is something that I sometimes still struggle with, um, being completely open and honest is the age thing. So we're obviously live in a society where youth is glorified. So, the fact that, um, you know, when you reach like, you know, 30 or just anywhere over 25, we can kind of feel this like time pressure to succeed in music and to really, really make something of us. So if that's you, I want to first acknowledge that, that, that is obviously something that has been ingrained into you. And it's for guys as well, obviously. Um, but I feel like more so, um, women, you know, just how society is. Um, if that's you, if you're feeling like, fuck, time is running out, um, you know, I'm too old to make it in music now. There are a couple of things. So first of all, okay, first of all, I'm going to go the esoteric route. First of all, time is a construct and we basically, it's something that humans have made up. Now, I don't know a lot about this topic and it's something that I really, really want to delve into heavy research about. I'm um, something I'm very, very interested in, but the way that I do know how to explain it is, you know, when you're doing something that you love and time just goes like this, you are maybe, uh, for me, it's like can often be writing, um, for you, it may be when you're writing a song or like playing guitar or like, even when you're on stage playing a show and you're like, fuck, I have a 45 minute set and it's gone like that. So that is time like collapsing and it and expanding. It's like two examples of time collapsing and expanding. And the other example is, you know, when you're at your fucking day job, you know, or like looking back at a job that you fucking hate and you have... I used to do this a lot of hospitality. You have two hours left of your shift. And what I used to do in my notepad when I was taking orders is I like, I wanted to leave so badly that I would do like, I would write down like 20, 20, 20, like 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, and you know, if I had two hours left, what's that? Like 10 lots of 20 minutes, eight lots of 20 minutes. Um, is that right? Fucking hell. Three lots of 20 minutes plus three lots, six lots. Oh my God. Okay. So I've just woken up anyway. However many, many lots of like 20 minutes it takes to get to the end of that two hour shift. I would then every 20 minutes cross that off. And I would feel like I was reaching closer to my goal, which is obviously to leave my job. And that is one way that I used to kind of, uh, G myself up and like make me get through the day. But you know, that feeling when you're kind of looking at the clock and that last hour is like the slowest hour of your life. So that is an example of, um, yeah, collapsing and expanding time. And the fact that time is a construct. So the reason why I'm bringing that up is it leads me on to my next point, which again is very practical. If you set up your band in the way that you're doing everything right. If your branding is right, obviously your music, your music is the most important thing. Your branding is right. Your music is right. 
um, your social media is right, your strategy is right, your release strategy, you've got a PR campaign, marketing ads. If you do everything right, which is exactly what I teach in my coaching programs, then I've seen bands go from zero to 100 in a month. I've seen bands who are previously unknown go viral on social media or get asked to play a festival overseas or get a really cool support slot out of nowhere. And what happens is when you set yourself up correctly, you'll be able to leapfrog over many of the other bands who, you know, seemingly have done it longer than you and especially where your band was at previously. So sometimes it's worth rebranding and recalibrating and doing that. But what I really want to say is we're talking about age. So if this is an issue for you and something that you struggle with, the next step is, of course, knowing all of that, that time is a construct. And if you do everything right, you can actually have success really fast. And the third thing is you need to look for examples of people doing that you want, what you want to do who are older than you. So for my ladies out there, I'm going to give you some examples now and full transparency. I'm 30. So this is like obviously something that has played on my mind a lot. And I never want to be someone that hides my age, like fuck ageism. Um, it's really, really about ultimately how you connect with your audience and you know what your music sounds like and your branding and everything. So here we go. So I'll start with, okay. Ash Costello from New Year's day. She is 34 years old at the moment. 33, 34. Um, I will go back a couple of decades to when I feel like ageism was even more prevalent. Mm, I don't know. I feel like it was more like an 80s thing that that started to become an issue. But Blondie, Debbie Harry from Blondie, her first album, which was the first like successful album that they had, she was 31 when that album came out. Uh, who else? Carla, um, Carla Harvey from The Butcher Babies. She is 41 years old. How amazing does she look? Um, and finally, Maria Brink from In This Moment. She started In This Moment when she was 28 years old, I believe, and she is now around 41 years old. So if you believe that something is an obstacle for you, your brain, your reticulator activating system is going to find evidence that that limiting belief is true. However, if you maybe write down that limiting belief, like I'm too old for the music industry, and you start drilling that into yourself, your brain is going to start to rewire and you're automatically going to notice examples of why that isn't true. And I would really, really suggest that if age is a thing for you, do some further research. I do have an article on um, my blog at monicastrut.com, which I would be, um, you can message me and I'll link you after if you can't find it. It's called um, Too Old for the Music Industry. It was one of the first blogs that I ever did and I got such a huge response for it. Um, and yeah, <laughs> do some research with any of this, like not just like the age thing, but yeah. Um, Jesse says over 25 heart. That is long ass time ago for me, lol. Um, but that's true. There are a lot of pressure on women to be attractive and youthful. And uh, yeah, Helen says true. Unfortunately. Oh wow. I didn't know that about Blondie. That's the thing. When we are actively looking for examples to prove our own limiting beliefs wrong, all of a sudden that they'll appear. Um, not well known, but white crone is really good. Yeah. White crone. Yeah. She's, um, she's an older lady as well. Um, and they're successful. They're having success. 
Um, so there's plenty of examples out there. All right, so let's address some of the other limiting beliefs. So they were my two core ones. And as I said, I still struggle with the age thing. I'm still like trying to process it. And I think what's really going to help is um, when my band releases our new EP, we're doing a full rebrand and everything and being able to really, really get some like traction from that. I think that that's going to help me feel like, oh, like I'm back on track kind of thing. But to be honest, like before I get to that point, I feel like it's something that I really want to work on internally. And then anything that happens from now on, I know that it's all happening in the right timing for me. Um, okay. So one of the other limiting beliefs that people brought up today was, um, was just to do, okay, which one am I going to go? Okay. Was there is too much competition. Who else has felt like the market is too saturated and there is too much competition. I would love for you to drop me a comment in the comment box. If you've ever felt like that, um, you know, in the past. I know that this is something that a lot of my communities struggle with and especially with um, the rise of social media, what's happened is it's kind of um, equaled the playing field. So we no, long ha no longer really have these like giant, giant rock star bands coming through um, because everyone has the ability to reach their ideal audience through social media all around the world. There is an audience for everyone, <laughs> by the way. I just want to put that out there. If you're worried that your um, genre and your music isn't like cool in the city that you live, you need to just go find, you know, a place in the world where it's popular. And I have to say, Australia has a very, very niche style of metal that is cool right now, but the industry looks completely different in Europe. It looks completely different again in Asia. It looks completely different again in America. So it's all about doing what you want to do, um, doing the music that you feel is aligned to you, and then going out and finding your audience somewhere else. So this oversaturation thing, there's too much competition. I'm going to be really real with you guys. Obviously there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of bands out there and a lot of them are trying to push their stuff on social media. And the reason I believe that bands feel like they can't stand out is because, how do I say this tactfully? The bands that I believe feel like they can't stand out aren't doing enough to stand out. It's as simple as that. There are a lot of bands out there that feel like they can coast along doing the bare minimum. And we're living in a time where music really, really is something that can be taken into your own hands. As I was just saying, if your target audience is not in Australia or whatever country that you're from, then it'll be somewhere else in the world. You just have to go out and find it. Um, and the bands that aren't standing out, as I said, they're not doing enough to stand out. So this comes down to a, what is your branding? What makes you different? Like you can't just tell people, Oh no, but we're different. Our music is different. That's not enough. People are going to see you 90% of the time before they hear you. Branding is such a core cool way of standing out, especially online. And do you want to know one of the biggest ways that you can stand out with your branding online? Invest in your branding, pay a photographer who's good. Pay a videographer who's going to do a good job of your video. The reason why a lot of bands don't stand out online is because their photos and videos are shit. Aha! Just knocked my microphone. That was meant to be a very dramatic moment. 
And why are they not investing the money into the photos and videos to bring them up to 2020 standards? It's just 2020 standards. It's not anything that I've created. It's just what's expected because there are plenty of bands that are investing in high quality branding. The reason why a lot of bands aren't investing in that stuff is because they don't believe deep down that they can make it. They don't believe that eventually there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel and the investment is going to reap its rewards later down the track. So I ask you again, do you really believe that you can succeed in music? Okay, Monique says, yes, um, but it's a good thing kind of because it means that there's always cool new music to bounce off, but it does make it hard and you sort of accidentally unintentionally fail comparing yourself to others and making it feel like a competition, which it kind of is. Comparison is something that I spoke about with Katie last week as well. If you find yourself comparing yourself to others online, which I do as well, first off, never go on social media in the morning. Never, ever go on social media in the morning. It is the number one way to ruin your productivity for the rest of the day. And I've had many clients and uh, members of my uh, membership program being in a band say that once they stopped going on social media first thing in the morning, they were actually more productive and they felt more creative. And the reason is this comparison-itis, when we're seeing everyone's highlight reels coming through, we're all of a sudden going, fuck, well, why isn't my band there? Why aren't I there? Why isn't my business there? Unf unfollow <laughs> if they're a friend of yours, which is okay to feel like a bit of comparison-itis to a friend. You're going to have to mute them. Just mute them for a period of time. But don't go on social media in the morning. Um, do some like personal development work. I've got a whole like personal development masterclass in here. A lot of journaling. Listen to an inspiring podcast if you want to. Go exercise. That gives you really good endorphins. And when you're feeling in a state where you feel centered and you feel like you can bring on, like tackle whatever the world brings at you, then go on social media. Then you can start responding to people and scrolling and whatnot. I don't really like scrolling. Um, I don't think it's like necessarily healthy, but of course everyone's going to do it from time to time. Um, because what happens is if we don't set up our mornings in that manner, then we're going to spend the rest of the day in a responsive mode instead of a creative mode. So that would be like the number one tip of advice. Jordan says, um, hundred percent. Monique says no one ever wants to be competitive, but it can happen naturally. Absolutely. Um, Ryan says, the biggest issue I've found with being in a band is that people join a band thinking it's fun and express until they want to make a career out of it, until it's time to spend money in cash on marketing, branding, hiring publicists, working on image. You're right, bands don't do that enough to stand out. Wade says, mic drop. This, you're absolutely right, Ryan. That is a huge fucking issue. And whenever I work with bands privately, and uh, I know Wade can attest to this, the first thing that we do in the very first meeting is I sit down and I go, guys, how is the work distributed between all the band members? What do you want to get out of this? What are your goals? And I think that it's never too late to have this conversation. And one of my friends, um, Steve Canatelli, Coach Canatelli, who's a band coach, he um, helps bands uh, get their live um like their live performance and like on videos and stuff up to scratch. He posted a really, really poignant status the other day, um, which some of you may have seen. And he says that the biggest contributing factor to what like bands not succeeding is ultimately, you know, you have a mix of people within the band. Some are doing it as a hobby and some are doing it as a serious thing that they want to eventually make a living off. If all of your band members aren't on the same page, it's going to be an issue. 
It's going to be a major issue. You need to identify that when the band is first starting. What do you want to do? Do you want to tour the world? Do you want to take this seriously? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? If they're not, then you can go join, you know, another bunch of musicians who just want to have fun and that's okay too. But you have to sort this out. If you've been in a band a couple of years, this conversation can be really, really fucking hard. And I've uh, had multiple touch points within my band where we've checked in with each other going, hey, like, I know you have these other priorities going on right now. Are you still on track? Like, are you still, you know, wanting to take this as far as it can go? Everyone's like, yep, yep, yep. We're still on board with this. Good. We can all feel good within ourselves that we're not wasting our time. And off we go and keep the goals. So having this talk at any stage of your music career and touching base is really, really key. Jesse says, I've been able to hold off until after breakfast lately. Lol, lol, good on you. Yes, I know you were one of the ones that took my advice. I'm so glad. Um, Monique says, also, this kind of reminds me of one of my biggest issues, maintaining regular content upload without getting repetitive and or posting just throw away, throw away material for the sake of posting. You won't get repetitive as long as you're, you can recycle stuff from a couple of months ago and people won't remember. Jake says, compare only to yourself. That way you're, you're always one stair away from improvement, reaching the next level. I love this advice so much. And it reminds me of a time in high school where I was in my maths class. And this is a very strange analogy, but I was never crap at maths. I was always good at English. I did like advanced English and stuff. I'm naturally a writer and I was in my maths class. Like I wasn't shit. And all of a sudden the next year I got a different maths teacher to, um, the one I had the year prior and his way of teaching was, um, not the best. <laughs> he, we just, look, we just didn't resonate. And I don't think he resonated with a lot of the class because a lot of our marks started to go down. And I noticed that each and every test that I did, my marks would, you know, where I was used to getting like in the 90%, in the 80%, my test scores were suddenly now in the 70%. And I was like, fuck, like I, I knew it was the teacher that was the issue. And I used to tell my classmates, I was like, look at these scores. Like, I just don't understand what he's teaching me. And they would go, but Monica, <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to seem like way more studious than I was, but they, they were like, you know, my peers were like, but Monica, you came first in the class. Like you came second in the class for this test. And I was like, yeah, but it, that doesn't really matter to me because I know for me, like I can do better. And I think what Jake says about only comparing yourself to what you know you can achieve, it really raises the bar. Because only you know your potential. If you start comparing yourself to other people who don't have as high standards as you, your standards are going to drop. Um, bands generally have one person carrying the band with writing, funding, etc. Um, getting other members to spruce up their image can be tough. A lot of the band don't even realize being a professional band is a brand. I think that's a limiting belief. And I've heard people talk about this, like, oh, usually it's only one person who's the driving force of the band. Usually it's only one person that funds the band. In my last two projects, which were arguably my serious projects, every single band member has contributed equally financially. And every single band member, especially in the current band that I'm in now, has contributed work-wise. So it's about, again, like, this is what I do when I coach with bands. What are the strengths of your band members? First off, what are your goals? Um, are you doing this seriously? Because if you're not, it's probably not going to work long-term, unfortunately. Um, thirdly, what are each and everyone's strengths? So if they do want to do it seriously, if they do want to be invested in the band, 
Like, for example, um, you know, I manage social media. I also manage all the PR, like, front-facing aspects because I've got a seven-year history in media. Um, my drummer, he um, is very analytical. He's an engineer, and he maps out all of our finances. And we've been able to predict all our expenses for the next six-plus months. And we know how much money that we need to put away into the band bank account. This is another tip um, that we need to put away into the band bank account each week. Uh, for us all to be able to tick off every single goal and be able to have money to invest in marketing, that sort of thing. And it's only $100 a week. Um, And my guitarist, he does a lot of the songwriting. Um, Same with my bass player. He does a lot of the songwriting as well, but it's mainly my guitarist who formulates a lot of the ideas for the songs. And he also does um, a lot of like kind of like the in-between admin. So he will coordinate stuff like shows, rehearsals, that sort of thing. And my bass player, he's all about branding. So we've got a new bass player um, who will be revealed when we rebrand and relaunch the band um, whenever COVID allows us to film a fucking video. Um, And he is really all about branding and he is um, designing like merch collections for us. Um, he is helping all of us um, create a more cohesive branding and looking to the style and how we want to represent our band, like given the new music. And he's in charge of all of that. And um, he's also uh, does a lot of like the samples and stuff in our songs. So all of us have very important and equal roles within the band. And honestly, if it wasn't like that, like I've had band members, as I said, in previous bands in the past who just showed up to rehearsals and that's it. And like, then they want an equal share of royalties and stuff like that. No, fuck that. Um, Jordan, the belief aspect is vital and investment is key. You don't want to invest, do something else. That's the thing. Exactly. Yeah, Ryan, I've had this issue in the past. A lot of us have had that issue in the past. That's why I'm such a hard ass about it now. And, um, you know, a lot of people that know me say that I don't bullshit. I just say it how it is. And when bands are paying to work with me, I need to be this, um, I need to be this real with them because my goal is to help them achieve their goals. Um, Jesse says at least not being able to get people on board with the PR social media stuff. Yeah. Social media can be a little bit difficult because social media doesn't come naturally to a lot of band members and pretty much every single band that I've worked with in the past or, you know, my peers bands, uh, my friends band stuff. Uh, there's always like a couple of people who don't really get the whole social media thing. And that is okay. Um, you know, I've had conversations with some really big people in the music industry over the last couple of months. And one of the things that they do look out for is individual band members, social media presence. So I'm not going to say that it's not important. It is important that everyone is active on social media, but we start slowly. Everyone, I mean, everyone in the band can, whenever the band posts, the person in charge of social media posts in the band chat going, Hey, there's a new post up on our band page. Everyone share it. Everyone do the share. They can add their own little flavor in the post whatsoever. It takes fucking five minutes. It's really not that hard. So that is one really, really simple thing that you can do if you have bandmates that maybe aren't as kind of up with the times when it comes to social media. As I said, it's okay. It's about what other strengths do they bring to the table so that it feels like, you know, everything's not imbalanced. Um, That's sick. Good luck with that stuff. We'll check it out when it drops. Um, 
how important are usernames for sites like Pinterest when it comes down to Google being Google verified? Um, I don't think Pinterest is important when it comes to a band um, having success. There are a lot of people that say you need to be on every social media platform. No, you need to do a couple of social media platforms well. Once you nail that, then you can expand. Um, I like to have the same username across all platforms so it's easy for people to find you. Sometimes that's not possible if username has been taken, but that is generally my advice. So back on track to some of the limiting beliefs and I don't care how long this live goes for, I'm just on a roll. So I hope you guys don't mind hanging out with me. Um, so we've talked about money. We've talked about the age issue. We've talked about oversaturation and competition. Um, the next thing is like speaking of social media, let's talk about that next. So another common complaint that I hear musicians um, talk about is the fact that the social media algorithms are hiding their posts from their fans. So the thing about that is, um, hmm, okay. So the thing about that is this is not a new thing. This has been around for a couple of years where, you know, posts from your band's page aren't going to reach as many people as posts from your personal page. It's been like that for many, many years now. Um, we kind of need to move past it. The second thing is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all these social media platforms are free marketing. They're also a business. So there are many, many ways. In fact, in my book, Social Media Shredder, I pretty much only talk about the organic ways that you can grow your band's social media channels, spark engagement. I don't really talk about ads. In fact, I don't believe necessarily in a lot of ads for the sake of doing an ad. Um, and I'd be happy to, well, I'm actually going to be doing a whole ads strategy masterclass in my being in a band membership in the next few months. Um, so I would not have the time to go in so deeply um, into it today. But um, when it comes to social media algorithms, um, obviously, you know, there are some basic things that you can do. You can have your hashtags, you can post at times. I don't think the times necessarily matter that much personally. It's more sort of about the quality of the content. And my third point is having high quality content. So that is one way that you can kind of get ahead of the social media algorithms. Obviously, everyone's sharing the band's post onto their personal pages is a fourth way as well. So I'll leave this episode here for today. I do have about 15 more minutes of the live, which you can go check out in my free Facebook group, Music Marketing and Mindset for Heavy Bands and Musicians, where I talk more about social media and a couple of other things before we wrap up this live. I hope that you enjoy this episode all about mindset and how you can really get over some of the most common obstacles within the music industry that do prevent musicians from having success. I know I really, really enjoyed speaking about it. I'm super passionate about mindset and we really have the ability to choose our own thoughts and if you don't like a way that you're feeling about something then you can fucking change that and there are so many ways that you can work on it um, which I've spoken about in this podcast before but if you'd like an episode specifically dedicated to the more practical exercises that I do to get over some of these roadblocks any roadblock uh, you know not even related to music if you want can be related to love or it can be related to uh, work or something like that I don't know but if you want an episode like that, definitely let me know on social media. Other than that, stay safe and I'll speak to you next week. Bye.